Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gahn-Mueller. You know, I have had so many wonderful members of the human race who are working for peace and prosperity and joy and happiness. But each time I get to interview them on peacepodcast.org, I think you're the best person I've had lately. And that's the truth today. You're going to be in for a treat. Kat Haber. Kat Haber. You may have heard that name if you're a Rotarian. She's one of those heroes that we have in Rotary, who started the We Rotary Club. She's a mentor to so many people. She has ideas that are beyond explanation. But as you know, we listen to this Peace Podcast at our own time, whenever, wherever we are. And we invite friends to join us because we, together, we, Rotary, we are the solutions that our planet needs to end war and to bring the climate into harmony with life on planet Earth today. And so as I look at her and I think, geez, you walked across the United States for climate action, Miss Cat Haber. You're a TEDx <laughs> organizer, Miss Cat Haber. You, um, you are the grand, uh, what can I say, the grand mama of Rotary. You are, you started so many things. And you're the climate president charter president of Rotary E-Club of we, and I say we, and I love that word, we. All right, who are you, Miss Kat Haber? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I'm just responding to you, Barbara, my Shiro. You are energetic, you are clear, you are a concise communicator, and I'm honored to join you. Well, you know, I'm going to put you on speaker view because I am honored that you are here. When I asked you um, to share what you would like to talk about today, you gave me two questions. And the first question, I thought, oh my, it's a hard one to answer because you asked me to ask you, what brings you joy? So let's start with that. And then we're going to ask the second question. How do you recover from the impact of setbacks? And we're having setbacks as a world right now. That's really a powerful way for us to talk about joy. And I could just go on to really wanting to know what brings you to our planet and the joy that you have. Well, my joy comes from uh, loving, learning how to love myself more and more, connecting my own inner peace and where those places and moments that that happens. Uh, I'm a former freestyle aerialist. I was training for the 88 Olympics in aerials. I did a quadruple daffy. That was both exhilarating and peaceful at the same time. And that through line has followed uh, in the white snowy places. I don't know if you can see this right now, but I'm in Homer, Alaska. And it actually, ha we had snow flurries this morning. My happy place are the back bowls of Vail. And being in that white, 
vast, wide open expanse allows me just a lot of private time to integrate what it is to be in relationship with mountain and tree and cloud and humans. Uh, so um, that uh, and um, valuing relationships, uh, indigenous tell us um, all our relations and really exploring my relation with all of the parts of nature that are beautiful. And then when I see those not being respected and treated as valueless, then that calls my heart to stand and be courageous. If we didn't see those places where there were breakdowns, we would not have the pathway to our personal breakthroughs. So um, we Rotary has been going for a decade and we're going through our own reinvention. We're learning how to lead in a shared model and um, that feels really good and organic and respectful and values everyone's time and attention. Uh, in TEDx Vale, we're doing an event this Sunday for women. We're going to be doing a talk on attention economy, what it is that we can do to value our attention, how we can break out and be the signal within the noise. Uh, we'll also have a talk on is uh, the US headed for civil war. There are many places on the planet right now where the way of resolving conflict is through violence. And I'm very curious about how we can learn to be compassionate and empathic while we respect our differences and we look towards living for a common good. What is the greatest good for the greatest number for the greatest amount of time? So beautifully spoken. My friend who is no longer on the planet had a group called Unity Through Diversity. And by having that respect for what we bring, brings us closer to our own destiny by having that respect and listening to the diversity that is present in no two people are ever alike. Even if you're a twin, my two granddaughters are twins. They're no closer together than love and harmony, but their way of being on the planet is so different. And we all are different, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm really interested in lately about a, a spectrum between love and fear. And humans have this really remarkable ability to choose moment to moment what part of the scale that they're on, that we are on. And um, it changes based on our own background. It changes based on what we are feeling in that moment. Are we hungry? Are we filled with endorphins from exercising? There's so much of our inner conversation that just has us kind of bouncing back and forth about how we can be the best humans. I like this question, how are you humaning? Well, that changes every day, doesn't it? Moment it to sure moment. It does, yes. 
How are you yeah. humaning? And you know, I look at you and I think this is a skier. I kind of, I'm a skier. I would go to Breckenridge or I'd go to wherever and I'd ski. And I, I always felt so full of oxygen when the body is moving, the oxygen flows. And so I look at you and man, I could just go down the slopes for two days, but you go in the air and do these flips. I don't know how you even do them. I did. <laughs> I, I don't do that anymore. Huh? <laughs> I don't do that anymore. That takes a rigorous daily discipline. And yeah, I haven't done that for a long time, but it is in my, it's part of my zeitgeist, what makes me the human that I am. There's that threshold and we are a collection of our experiences and the people that we choose to associate with are also a part of who we are. So the family that we both are born into and then the tribes that we choose to become a part of mm. also color our choices. Like you and I are both very interested in world peace and the role that 1.4 million community civic leaders could play in causing that to happen. Um, our Rotary group has been uh, advocating for a resolution and it's currently before the Council on Resolutions 23-18 regarding uh, Rotary taking a stand on the TPNW and advocating for nuclear education. Right now on the planet, there are two significant conflicts that both have nuclear weapons as a possibility. Uh, the use of them would, it, it eliminates the survivability of those areas that use nuclear weapons. There is no such thing as a tactical nuclear weapon. So, Peace, in my view, is on two planes. There's positive peace, which Rotary has been very, very focused on for a long time. And I appreciate all of those things that will replace war. But at the same time, I appreciate we Rotarian Helen Peacock's effort in her uh, course called Ending War 101 to really look at the mindset that says peace is inevitable. Just last night in We Rotary, we listened to a presentation by also We Rotarian Ward Wilson about his book, Is It Possible? And in that book, he really presents for us another mindset mm -hmm. regarding nuclear war. Mm -hmm. And um, every day I, wake up thinking, what can I do to have a more peaceful, uh, stable planet that my three-week-old grandson, Theo, could grow up into? And um, the intersection of what we do to respect Earth and our places, and combined with our own inner connection, the respect that we have within our own head, heart, hands, ladies, our womb, guys, your gut, following that intuition and seeing what are the intersections of solutions that we can stand for and activate. 
That's you know, we all carry this tapestry of ideas, some from ourselves, from our meditations, from our readings, from our podcast, which I hope you all will watch, but from others in their daily lives. And, and that's what you're talking about now. We are not just a person born into the world and doing our thing. No, we are influenced by others. And that influence is what I hope that you can bring to us today, Kat, because there are times when we have to recover from setbacks. How can mm -hmm. we recover from the setbacks that plague us at times? Those setbacks sometimes are so devastating that we think, can we go forward? Well, of course, we'd like to avoid them. But what do you do when you do have to come back from that setback? I'm so glad you asked that question. Uh, I'm experiencing several levels of setback this year, financial, health, community, etc. And what I have noticed is that I'm going through my own uh, levels of letting go and loss. There are, they say, seven stages of grief. I've noticed that my emotional well-being uh rebalances in harmony best when i am serving others uh -huh. and when i'm looking for win-win solutions so for example one of my previous speakers for tedx veil doran gazit is an incredible artist he has the project the thin red line i met him when he was in los angeles transitioning to israel he currently lives in Caesarea, which is outside of Tel Aviv. And so I've been trying to reach him since the bomb started flying in Israel and hadn't heard from him. Finally mm -hmm. connected and his being was panic, fear, that level on the love fear scale was tipped way over towards fear. And so I offered, I said, could I just do an experiment with you? Could I do an inner resonance session with you? Which is what I have been using this summer and fall to reintegrate my own connection. So I did that with him. And what I noticed is that his language changed, his tone softened, he became a new possibility rather than using his art as a weapon, at least in that moment, he saw a new possibility of using his art as he has been as a message of we need to take care of earth. So I- Well, you um, changed that into we need to take care of earth instead of the fear, right? Yeah. And so it's that finding that inner resonance and this process is short it's 10 minutes it's it feels like a meditation it feels like. Uh, Qigong it feels like a lot of things, but it's all of those things and none of those things, but really what it is. I feel it's uh, it's like in your body, you have fascia that connects your bones to your muscles, to your cartilage. That fascia is like the thing that keeps it all together. When we are out of resonance, when we are in static, when we are in fear, it's hard to find your ground, right? Because everything is shaking like an earthquake. 
But if you find your center and operate from that inner resonance, all of a sudden, clarity is revealed. It's like the blue. Can you see that? There's that little bit of blue sky in the yes. cloud. Mm -hmm. That's what inner resonance feels like to me. So, however, it's people inner resonance, inner resonance, resonance. It's like resident inside of you, and the resonance N A C E that you can feel if you center yourself and you become one with who you are. I loved what you said as we started the conversation. I learned to love myself. I learned that I can be in love with me. It's like, uh, I'll never forget one of the speakers, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul said, I practiced loving myself. And one day I ran downstairs and said to my wife, I have a crush on me. And that's what we <laughs> want to have a crush on me. And so in my workshops, when I teach people how to be happy, I say, go to the mirror every morning and smile. Just smile at yourself and say how grateful I am that this is the body that I get to inhabit and bring the resonance too, right? Yeah. yeah. So we end up uh, in a place where there's a, a spot on your body that you just touch. For me, it's my my throat so I can speak clearly and kindly. Uh, and with a mindset of yes and is kind of what I'm exploring these days. Because when I use my voice in a powerful way to say no, it not only stops what's happening, but it also attracts this kind of long shadow of dark, dark, unforeseen, unintended consequences. So I'm really exploring uh, when I am triggered to just touch that spot on my body, which is my voice, and breathe a few times slowly, and my tone slows down, and it deepens, and it reconnects. And isn't that what many of the masters say? If you want to go fast, slow down and go with others. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, recently I had a new knee and I woke up in the hospital and I said to the nurses, I just got a new knee with enthusiasm. And they said, you got a new knee with enthusiasm. I said, think about this. My knee was not serving me. And this skilled Dr. Emerson brought me the joy of walking again and being who I am. So I, of course, I got my new knee with enthusiasm. I remember I told you I had a couple of husbands. Well, the second one, had um, responded to our World Peace Conference. And he said, I will attend with enthusiasm. And I said, he will attend with enthusiasm. And then I went and met him. And that was Dr. Robert Mueller. He didn't say I'm chancellor of the University for Peace. He didn't say I spent 40 years at the UN. He didn't say I ended the war between the Cold War with Gorbachev and Reagan. He didn't say anything. He just said, I will attend with enthusiasm. And since I am the enthusiasm queen of Santa Barbara, everybody said, why are you two always together? And I said, because we're like magnets. We are so happy together. We are so powerful together. We're more of who we are by being two rather than being one. And as I wrote in my poem on our marriage day, even after this day, I even after this time, 
when together we no longer are, we will carry on the work from the twosome that we became. And so here I am doing peace podcasts with peace, but with enthusiasm, because I believe, as I say to the people in my workshops and during my keynotes, I say, say yes with enthusiasm and say no when you know it's not going to serve you or others. Mm, yeah. The power of no is an interesting energy to play with because it it creates an opposition. It is a matter of taking a stand, but it also creates a divide in us and them. And I'm really exploring these days uh, in how we can honor each other in unity and recognize that we each have differences and really keep asking, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Which is different than what do I need? Which is different than how can I be loving right now? So uh, isn't it a grand uh, path to be on, to be a human in this moment, in this time, which appears to be of great crisis? And as the Chinese uh, um, saying goes, crisis is really just great opportunity, right? So um, the things that I try to do are really recognizing the relations among the wild things. And so I've served on Wild Foundations Board for a couple of decades now. And our next uh, Congress will be the 12th one will be in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And what I love about that is it's placing us in the middle of a potential for reconciliation with the indigenous people of Turtle Island, where 90 million people were slaughtered in some way. We white people pushed aside the people who already had a thriving culture here. So um, I have seen that uh, reconciliation is a powerful process and I'll be curious how that is centered in that Congress next yeah. August. You know, there's so many opportunities for us to say, sorry, that wasn't part of my destiny, I'm so sorry. We've had a history built on things that I have considered illegal and wrong. And even in Costa Rica, where I have this humble cabin where I lived with Robert Mueller, I always thought we should give all this land back to the indigenous people who were the inhabitants because they were the ones who built the pilafs and they bathed together to bring harmony and joy to each other and also to the planet. And I thought we need to give this land back. And so don't be surprised if we do that because our 150 hectares that we have should be back to the people it came from. Yeah. Good on you. I have good news to report. Within all this darkness, there is also a lot of really great solutions that are happening right now. And I feel like uh, a celebration of solutions could be a beautiful balancing to mainstream media, which has a continuous spin on we're for this and we're not for that. And uh, 
So here's some good news. Uh, when COVID started, I declared I wanted to raise sufficient funds, well, I said a million dollars, to um, bring the land back for the Yawanawa uh, um, territory in the Amazon. Good news, President Lula just demarcated 462,000 acres for the Yawanawa. So I wanna say this in that when we declare a stand for something, it pulls from the universe the forces that give that possibility a chance. And that's why I'm exploring yes and, because uh, when I respond to something that is a no, that like negates any possibility from the universe. But when I figure out and work it out in my own vessel, what is the yes and in this moment, uh, it opens up hearing the other. And so all of a sudden we're not on opposite sides, we're in it together to figure out what we can do to make life lovelier in this moment. I love your words. I love everything you've said, but it started with a headline, celebration of solutions. That mm -hmm. is so powerful. And your headline is where I'm going to go. I'm going to celebrate the solutions. I'm going to have the people who are working for the solutions to today's issues rather than the treaties that are trying to keep people away from each other. No, let's work for the solutions and celebrate them together. And, um, you know, I look at you and I think, boy, the possibilities are endless if we look at the celebration of solutions. Yeah, there's a magazine called Yes. Uh, it's a hard it's a, a tangible magazine. David Corton's book magazine. I love yes. I'm a yeah. I'm an early subscriber. Right. So there you go. You could be the digital yes man. Yes woman. <laughs> you could be the yes shiro. The yes shiro. I've always tried yes. to come up with a shiro word, you know, a shiro. Because I've been a trailblazer. When I was a little girl, I stood on the picnic bench with my dad's white shirt. And I said, I'm a preacher, everybody pay attention. This is what we're going to do today. Well, I was 14 and I was preaching to my teenage friends. I wasn't going to dances and dating. I was preaching. And so, you know, I think there's something in us that our calling, our calling, call out your destiny, let the universe support you. That's what you just said. And I tell people when your vision is so clear, the universe steps in and helps you, even if it's on the wrong track. Look at all the visions that are on the wrong track that have worked for people in ways that are not necessarily saving our planet, saving the earth, bringing us into harmony. But what about the opposite? What about you having the destiny that you know will serve others? And I loved what you said. What brings you joy and how you overcome obstacles is of being of service to others. You're just a wealth of data that's all i can say you're a wise well 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 i want to say this about solutions while we can work really hard to craft what we think is the solution it may in fact not be and having that can also be part of our lessons along the way that the universe is giving us a chance to see things in a different way and in our breakdowns is also great solution and opportunity. So uh, 
I would just say, ride the wave of possibility. And as Ward's book uh, is titled, What's Ward's book called Possibilities? Ward. No, it's called, Is It is it Possible? Ward Wilson's book is called, Is It Possible? So let me just say, is it possible that we humans could learn how to human well with all of our relations in their places, in our places, in peace, in the planet, free of the threats of nuclear weapons. And when we've solved that, there's still other innovations in the dominating matrix. So what would it take for us to live on a planet that is participatory, uh, engaging uh, in compassion and um, allows for uniquenesses rather than differences that really appreciates. Barbara, I love that you have your bangs that way. That's just awesome. I have my hair this way, but I love your hair. You can love my hair. We love things differently. It's, it's in that difference that we have billions of species on the planet, but right now they're blinking out because of the way humans are living in our places. Mm. So what can we individually do? What can we do in our families, our communities, our neighborhoods, our networks? Where are the small hinges to swing big doors? Where are the leverage points that we can um, face down these new threats of cybersecurity, of AI? The threats are going to continue. They're going to keep morphing and changing their clothes. But what we can do is figure out how to love ourselves and others moment to moment. Moment to moment, love ourselves and others. I asked you if they wanted to find out more about you or some of the work or where would you, what action would you like people to take today? Because you have, you're just, I could listen to you for another 25 minutes. I could have this conversation continue, but what is it that you want the world to know today? You know, for me, I think love yourself, pay attention, and become that peace other people may need. That's a pretty big job, you know? Think about that. So what would you like us to do? I know you have a TEDx coming up with women, and maybe that's what you would like to talk about. Sure, that's one thing. Uh, I've put in the chat the res registration for that. Mm -hmm. uh, love to have you in the conversation, Barbara and others. We have a couple of talks uh, I mentioned already. Um, so it's set up to be speaker session, conversation, speaker session. Really, conversation? That to me is the most important innovation. Yes. Yes. It's not just about watching talks. It's about what we wanna do is value your values. So that's what we're curious well, about. I'm signing up, don't you worry. And is this Sunday, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's this Sunday, 4 to 6 p.m. Mountain Time, so that would be 3 to 5 Pacific Time. Um, and, and I would say, what, what can each of us do? 
find the people who you resonate with. Um, find organizations, find a cause in your community. If something's broken, see if you have the bandwidth to fix it. Um, and be willing to be wrong along the way and make amends. I want to say this. I heard you say sorry. And here's one thing I've been offering to my female friends. What if we replaced the phrase, I'm sorry, with forgive me? So that that creates a relationship between you and I. It, it opens up a listening and an allowance. And so for the past year, I've been working with uh, creating these allowances, which shift us from our personal drama to our personal possibility. So... Um, Forgive me if I have been rambling, but it has been a great delight to chat with you. And um, please forgive me for not really paying close attention to some of these ideas, which are so fabulous. And I am just so honored that you decided to be on peacepodcast.org. And, you know, as I say, as we end this moment here with Kate, Cat, I call her Kate sometimes because I just think she's a Kate and a cat. And when I look at her, I think where we are women, we're wise women. We have a well of experiences that we're bringing to you. And I want you to watch this podcast with your family, with a friend, so much wisdom. And I love this. Um, please forgive me rather than sorry. It does build a relationship. I also have been trying to get people to not say goodbye at the end of a conversation on the phone, but to say, peace be with you. Nice. I love that. Peace be with you instead of goodbye. Goodbye is so final, but peace be with you is an opportunity that they can yeah. have peace inside and share it. And with that, I say, do you have a last word, Kat? I want to do a shout out to Jennifer Jones, who was the first female president of Rotary International. Awesome, awesome leadership. I love that uh, she is showing a feminine, organic way of leading through Rotary. And I just uh, welcome all the women who are making a choice about Rotary right now. Um, it has traditionally been a good old boys network, but I feel like with women and young people being invited into this important organization that uh, Rotary has the possibility of really advancing peace on our planet. I love that. And Jennifer Jones has such a soft presence and such a powerful presence. Um, she is one of us early Rotarians, like I'm early in the Hollywood Rotary Club. And when my lawyer said I could join Rotary, I said, but there's no women. And they said, well, that's because we have Sylvia Whitlock has uh, paved the way and we can become Rotarians. So I went to the Rotary Club and I said, I'm here. Do you want to have a woman in your club? And they all clapped. And so I had a wonderful time being early women. And I like that. I like pioneering women. Uh, I think you're a pioneer in so many fields. And with that, I'm going to say thank you. I could tell you more about this beautiful cat's 
Huber, but I want to hear her just say how much she loves you being here today. Well, I do love being able to chat with you, Barbara, and thanks everyone for uh, whatever part of peace that you're participating in. It is, it, you are necessary, you are valuable, we stand with you, and we are curious about how you are going to show up being the best human you can. That's all. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I want you to bring that message to the people you're with. Empower those who are with you to make them feel that they can overcome what needs to be overcome and bring their destiny to full power. And with that, I thank you. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller. It's just been a pleasure. And each Peace Podcast allows you to see the differences and our harmony. And be sure you watch it with a friend so you can have that conversation. That's why I wrote the book, Revolutionary Conversations. I truly believe every conversation can lead to peace. And with that, I thank you for joining us. Music.